I see coming into a new year is, is like a doorway experience. Come, walking through that doorway of walking from one room into the next room. And, and I love that doorway kind of illustration because it, it's kind of like at doorways, it's a threshold, right? It's just really, a doorway is just big enough for you to get through. It's just big enough for, for you to come through. And, and that may mean laying down some things this year. That may mean laying down a lot of things and walking into a new, to a new place and, and picking up other things when you get to that, to that new room or, or whatever. And um, I also got to be honest, I'm not a New Year's resolution kind of guy. I used to be. But I think probably like all of us, maybe most of us, a, a good number of us, uh, we don't do well with resolutions, right? I mean, it's proven that by about mid-February, by Valentine's Day, 90% of us, whatever we said we were gonna do, we're not doing that anymore, okay? So it's kind of like we go through January and then we do Feb, Okay, we don't even get all of February, it's just, just the first part, and, and by, by the whole thing, we're, we're done. Because we say things like, I'm going to start working out. And so you work out, I'm, I'm going to start working out on Monday. And then for the whole year, you worked out Monday. You, you worked out Monday, but Tuesday, Wednesday, all that, I mean, we get, kind of get lost in, in all the commitments and the things that, that we want to, to see. So I don't want to talk about resolutions today. Because it's not about more willpower or, or this, but it's really about, God, what do you want to do in my life? And, and what do I currently have that you want to use? And today I want to talk about influence and talk about that God has given us a certain amount of influence in our lives. God has given us and entrusted us with a certain amount of power. He's empowered us and placed us in certain places and families and, and businesses and wherever you go. God has put you in those places and he's given you a certain level of authority uh, to walk in that. So let me pray and we'll get into this. Father, we, we just commit 2012 to you. And God, we're, we're thankful. I just think about all the things, God, you did this past year and, and all the ways that you led us and, and moved us and, and the good, the bad, all that, God. We just, we just thank you. And Father, we do commit this next year to you, Father. Father, we thank you for this, this godly discontentment in our lives that you're calling us to, to a different place, to a different room, uh, to different things, God. And well, we just pray your hand on it and we ask you to, to guide us as a church, guide us as individuals, God, to see the name of Christ glorified and, and lifted up and that he would be honored uh, by what we do with our influence, with the power that you've entrusted to us, God. Thank you for your word. Father, I pray that it would be fresh today. God, we're gonna look at passages today that are probably very familiar to a, a lot of us in this room. And God, I just, I just pray that you'll give us fresh eyes to see uh, what you're saying in this to us today. We, we love you, God. We praise you in Jesus' name, amen. Go to John 19, and uh, we're gonna be looking there. And this is probably one of the most dramatic scenes 
in the New Testament, what we're gonna look at, what we're gonna talk about, what we're gonna read at. If you've been around church around Easter or you've heard people talk about uh, resurrection uh, of Christ and all that kind of stuff, it's right here uh, in this passage. You've heard this before, but like I was praying, I just want us to look at it a little bit different way and see some things because there's, there's a powerful principle here when we talk about our influence. And, and Jesus Christ speaks to it uh, when he was, he's talking to Pilate, but basically there's the conversations that are going back and forth between Jesus and Pilate and Pilate and the religious leaders of the day, but basically Pontius Pilate was the leader uh, and the governor of Judea and Samaria, okay? So he had a, a lot of authority there. Uh, he was appointed by the Roman government to do what he was doing, okay? So he was... Uh, probably in, in, in their minds, a really good leader. But here's what his job was, kind of in a nutshell, uh, just like any government. Basically, his job was to raise the taxes as high as possible, but keeping peace at the same time. Welcome to the United States of America, right? I mean, that's, that's kind of the deal, right? How, how high can we get them without the people just freaking out, okay? That was his deal. So he, he was doing that. So the last thing he wanted in his governorship was to, to have things get back to Rome that there's distress in the land, especially uh, with, with Jewish people. And so what's happening here is these Jewish people are coming to him and, and they're asking for a favor. They want Pilate to do something for them and what it is is that Jesus has been arrested for blasphemy. He's been arrested because he said he was going to tear down the temple, and so they've arrested them. That he's that he has gone through. Uh, Jesus has gone through these mock trials and accusations from these religious leaders. They've declared him guilty, and so finally they bring him to Pilate to say, "Hey, listen, we want this guy dead. He's he's breaking the law. He's he's breaking God's law." And so this kind of goes, and they have this conversation, and then uh, Pilate goes to Jesus, and they have a, a conversation, and, and Pilate comes back out to these, these religious leaders and says, hey, listen, uh, this guy may be a troublemaker for you, but he doesn't deserve death. I don't, I don't have enough evidence here uh, to put this, this guy to death. And then, uh, as you've read before, they start yelling, crucify him, crucify him. I mean, it's, it's becoming some disrest and, and not too much peace there. And it's a little bit crazy, a little bit riotous. And so they want him dead. And so Pilate's like, okay, well, here's what we'll do. So he, took, he takes Christ and he has Jesus Christ flogged. He has him beaten. Okay, and in that day, what that is, is, is it would be like getting beaten to the point of death, right? I mean, where you're almost dead, but you're not dead. So he does this, so Pilate has this, this done. If you haven't seen the passion uh, and you've never got an idea of what that might be like, just watch Mel Gibson's, the movie, The Passion, and you'll begin to understand what it means uh, to, to be flogged in this day. And so he's on the brink of death and he puts a crown of thorns on him and then he, he brings Jesus back out. And so Pilate's thinking here, listen, if I don't wanna kill this guy, but we'll just beat him up really, really, really bad and then I'll put him in front of his enemies and then they'll say, okay, that's enough, right? Because if you saw a flogged person, if it was your worst enemy, you'd be like, okay, that's enough. Uh, you don't need to do any more. 
And so he does this, and so Jesus is flogged, beaten, standing there in front of these religious leaders. And Pilate's like, okay, is this, is this enough? And they're like, no, we want him dead. We don't want him wounded. We want him dead. And so Pilate is like, man, what is going on here? This is a lot bigger deal than I thought it was going to be. And I thought this would be uh, enough. This would be, this would be it. And so I want to read a scripture that in just a second in, in talking about influence and power that speaks to everyone in this room. No matter what job you have, if you're a parent, if you're a teacher, if you're a business owner, if wherever you are, what we're going to talk about here, it deals with you. It will speak to you. And in verse 8, Jesus and Pilate have this conversation. Jesus had been flogged. And so Pilate heard this, and he was even more afraid. Let me tell you, Pilate's leadership style was he led by fear. Okay? It's a bad, bad way to lead, but that's what he was doing. In verse 8, Pilate heard this. He was more afraid, and he went back inside the palace. He's, he is totally confused. Where do you, he looks at Jesus. Where do you come from, he asked Jesus. But Jesus gave him no answer. Do you refuse to speak to me? I think Pilate was a little hacked. Do you realize I have power either to free you or to crucify you? And Jesus answered, you would have no power over me if it were not given to you from above. So he's looking at this governor who has the power to have him killed. And he reminds him, hey, Pilate, listen, the power and the influence you have has been given to you by God. And that power and influence that you have, Pilate, see, it's just temporary. Because at any moment, God can remove that power and that place of authority from you. And the same is true for us. Wherever you are, whatever kind of influence you have, please know it's been given to you by God. God has entrusted us with a certain level of influences as parents, as people that live in our neighborhood, wherever you are, God has given you that ability and that power and influence to, to bring about his change, to bring about his glory. And in any minute, it's gonna change. See, I have little kids, five-year-olds and eight-year-olds. One day, I'm not gonna have the influence in their life that I do now. They're moving out. And so there's a certain times that we have this power, but in a different season, in a different day, it's gone just like that. And so I would say, according to this, that we should take, take advantage of the influence that we have. Because what Jesus is saying here to Pilate is, hey, listen, you're just a steward of that power. It's not yours. It's not yours. God's given you that power. And we're just a steward of the influence God's given us. We're just, we're just a steward of it. We just are managers of, of the power that, that God has been given to us, and we've all been entrusted with something. Have you ever, uh, probably, this is true for all of us, that maybe the darkest season of your life is when somebody misused their power. Maybe you worked for a guy, and he made your life miserable. Maybe the darkest season 
of your life is when your, your parents split up. Difficult time. But it's, it's just true that, that many times the reason we have dark seasons, the reason that there is struggle in our lives is because somebody has misused their power. And at the same time, maybe the greatest season of your life is when somebody had the ability and the influence and the power to bless you, and they did. And how awesome is that? How empowering is that when somebody takes that which God has given them and entrusted to them and then turns around and gives and blesses you and empowers you to, to, to do whatever it is that you're supposed to do in that place. So here's the question today. What do we do when God gives us power? What do we do when God gives us a certain level of influence or authority? What do we do with it? How do we handle it? How do we do it? And I, I was thinking, you know, just like if next week, right, if, if one of us got hired by, uh, you know, a huge company in this area, Dell Computers, right? Well, our goal and our last name, let's just say it happened to be Henderson, all right? Our goal is not to go to Dell Computers and make the name of Henderson big, right? Our goal is to, to go and, and, and join that company and work to, to create the vision or whatever is going on within that company and, and to make it better. But in the same way, our goal, we haven't been hired by God. It's, it's a lot bigger and deeper than that. But our goal is to make God's name big with whatever influence that he's given us and entrusted us with. In fact, in 2 Corinthians, uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 19 and 20, Paul put it like this. He has committed us the message of reconciliation. So we are therefore Christ's ambassadors as, as though God were making his appeal through us. He's given us the message of reconciliation. That means that everywhere we go, that we can bring a message of reconciliation that because of Jesus Christ, things can be made right. And that can look a lot of different ways. That can look serving somebody. That can look tons of different ways that we could do that. But God's given us a powerful message of reconciliation where God wants to make things right. God wants to restore things. And God, we are his ambassadors, his representatives on this earth. And he wants to make, make his appeal through us. All right, so what do we do? Back to the question. What do we do with the power God's given us? Go to John 13. John 13. Why, is, why has God empowered us? This is the Thursday before the Friday where Jesus was crucified. Before Jesus stood, before Pilate. And Jesus is realizing that his earthly time, uh, in this passage, it's, it's coming to an end. And he's got these disciples, these, these 12 guys that have been living with him and, and, and hanging with him, and he's been pouring into them. And he has this, this last opportunity uh, to, to allow them to, to spend time with him. And, and we see uh, Jesus talks about this in, in verse 13. So it was the, uh, verse 1, excuse me, chapter 13, verse 1. It was just before the Passover feast, Jesus knew that the time had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he now showed them the full extent of his love. 
So they're in this upper room, they're in this room, it's this intimate sort of setting, and he's gonna show them the extent of his love. We're gonna jump down to verse three. And Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So Jesus knows, he's sitting in this room with these, these, all these dudes, and he knows that God has given him all power and authority in this place. So Jesus has all the power and authority. And I just think about this. What do you do when you're in a situation and you realize God's given you the influence? What do you do? Jesus Christ God on earth has all power and authority. At this point, I mean, I think about what is he gonna do next? What do you do, Jesus, when you have all power and authority? I mean, think about that. I mean, we should think about that because sometimes God gives us, in situations, he gives us power and he gives us authority to do certain things and influence. And it's not weird, it's just God just does it. He, He entrusts us with this. What is your next step? So you're a teacher. What is your next step? You know, I mean, you're the, you're the leader of the class. God's given you influence in this class. Or you're a business owner. You have employees. And you're in a meeting or whatever. And, and everyone in the room knows you're the one. God's put you in that place. Or you're a dad. God's given you the call to, to lead your family. What's, your, what's the next thing you're gonna do? What, what's your call with this influence? What's your call uh, with, this, with this power? In verse four, eight says this, first part of it. So he got up from the meal with all power, all authority, and he took off his outer clothing. What this means is in that day, a, a, a rabbi, somebody of, of his position, whatever, would wear kind of an, an outer garment deal. It's kind of like a, a, a robe sort of deal. In our day, it'd be like you got up from the meal and you took off your suit jacket and your tie and you set it down. So Jesus took off his outer garment and he wrapped a towel around his waist. And he wrapped a towel around his waist. So what is, what is happening here? The disciples at this point knew exactly what was about to happen. He put this towel around his waist. And that day, especially during a Passover meal, many times when they would have that meal inside somewhere, there would be a servant, a a person there that would wash the feet and clean the feet of the people in that room. Now, we don't know exactly what happened. We don't know if Jesus, um, when he got there, maybe there was a guy there and he dismissed him. Maybe he said, I got it this time. <laughs> I'm gonna take care of it. We do know this, that the disciples did not show up thinking that they were gonna do that. In fact, at this point, as Jesus is about to wash their feet, it gets pretty uncomfortable. It gets really uncomfortable. Because when we serve people, when we, when we do an act like that, when we love somebody like that, and we take their shoes off, and we clean their feet, it's extremely humbling on both ends. On both ends. And so Jesus, with all power and authority, the next thing he does is wash feet. 
is serve, is, is bless his disciples. And verse five, and after that, he poured water into a basin, began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to, to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, you're going to wash my feet? And Jesus replied, you do not realize what I'm doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. It's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. When you get that close, when you begin to, to serve people like that, when you begin to show people love like that, it gets uncomfortable. It gets uncomfortable. So what do we do? What does that look like for us when God gives us and entrusts us with this kind of power, with this kind of influence in our lives to bless other people? Let's jump down to verse 12. When he had finished washing their feet, and I, I just wanna stop right there. When he finished washing their feet, let me assure you, Jesus was a mess. Just imagine 12 dudes, nasty, sandly, jacked, janky feet, right? Dirty, nasty. Maybe they hadn't washed him in like three days, nasty, okay? And he's going around to each one of them. He's got mud all over himself, just maybe like little droplets of mud and stuff all over his face. He, he's, not, he's, not, it's, it's not, he's not looking good. And so when he finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and he returned to the place. Do you understand what I've done for you, he asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for this is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should wash one another's feet. He's saying, I did it, and now you're gonna do it. I've set an example for you uh, I've set an example that you sh should do as I have done for you. There's no excuses, guys. I've done this for you. Now I want you to go and do it for others. And I tell you the truth, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than he who sent me. He's saying, listen, no servant is greater. If we say, God, I'm not gonna do that, then what we're saying is we're greater than Jesus. God, I don't wanna, I don't wanna love people like that. I don't wanna really get into their lives because if I do that, it gets uncomfortable, it gets difficult. You know, last week we went and met with a lady that, that serves people in, uh, in San Marcos and she just uh, one leg, I don't know exactly what happened and, uh, but and she lives on like social security income and it, she drives around and makes sure that the homeless people in San Marcos are taken care of. And so somebody knew this in San Marcos, a friend, and, and came to us. Her name is Mama. <laughs> That's what we call her. Her name's Mama. That's what I call her now. I just met her. But anyway, uh, so she does that. And so we went to her house and began to ask her what she needs. Let me tell you, when, when, when that happens... When you do that, every time it's uncomfortable. It's just, it's just it, it doesn't always, it's not always smooth. It kind of, because I don't know them, they don't know me, I, I'm not where they are. In fact, I've never been in that place before. 
And so trying to, to connect with them and all that, it gets uncomfortable. Just like this is uncomfortable. And so when God calls us to do things, that it makes us a little bit uncomfortable. But Jesus ends this, verse 17. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. What he's saying is, is there's a big difference between knowing something and doing something. I can know that I'm supposed to do it. And these disciples know they're supposed to do it. But it's a whole different thing when we, we begin to do these things, we begin to, to live these things out. So what is it for you this year where you know that God has given you a certain level of influence? God's put you in a position uh, to, to do something. I remember sitting one time with... Uh, a friend of mine, and he had a business, and he, they had 2,500 employees when I, I was hey, just hanging out with them. Uh, I went to learn from them, kind of mentor him, me, and, and uh, at the, the time I went, he had 2,500. That's a lot of people working for you. And uh, he was just sh- sharing with me just the difficulties that go with that, the struggle it is to, to have that many people and that many people relying on you and, and all that kind of stuff. And I, I, I remember saying, in complete ignorance, I, I don't know, I remember saying, well, what would it be like if you just sold it and just got rid of this whole thing? And I'll never forget what he said to me. He said, he just turned to me and said, listen, if I did that and we sold to this company over here, all our people would just turn into numbers. And it would soon become a corporation. And so what he was saying was, we have been given influence over these people. And we're not just going to sell them to somebody else. These, this is our family. We serve these people. We take care of these people. If, if somebody in that business had issues in their marriage or whatever, that company would send them to counseling and pay for it to take care of them. And so that's the kind of thing I'm talking about, that we have this influence, we have this, this power, and, and how is it that we do that? How is it that, that we take care of that? I wanna read this verse and we'll pray. In Proverbs 3, 27. This is probably a, a great verse for us for the rest of 2012. It's on your outline if you got it. It says, do not withhold good from those who deserve it when it is in your power to act. Let's pray.